Welcome back, everyone, and welcome to our new listeners. This is the Becoming Immune Confident podcast, and my name is Dr. Kara Wada. I'm a board-certified pediatric and adult allergy, immunology, lifestyle medicine doc, certified life coach, and autoimmune patient. And I love bringing guests onto the show that help us think about our health in all sorts of different ways. And I'm so excited to welcome Sammy Wilson. She is joining us all the way from the UK. She is from Pocket PT. She's a movement and mobility coach. She has a BCS in sports and exercise science and a qualified level three personal trainer. She's also a retired elite athlete. She used to compete for the Great Britain artistic swim team and has since been navigating staying mobile while spending so much time at a desk. I know that sounds very familiar to me. Her job is to help people who sit at a desk all day long, getting achy and lethargic to move more, to feel energized, and ultimately become happier. Thank you so much for joining me, Sammy. I'm glad we were able to make the time zone changes work and to connect today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I would love to hear how you found yourself in this area of expertise and work that you're doing. Sure. Okay. So yeah, it actually started out my sort of journey in the health and fitness industry, as you mentioned. So I used to be an elite synchronized swimmer. I did that full time and I'm sure you can imagine it was really hard work. It was like 45 to 50 hours a week of really intense exercise. It was so much. Yeah, that's more than most people's full-time job, isn't it? Yeah, so hard, so physically and also mentally hard. There's always a thing of I want to stay in the team, that kind of thing. Yeah, really challenging time. I retired from that and pretty much went straight into just a series of like desk jobs. So I sat down all day, like at a computer, doing desk work basically. And uh, pretty, pretty soon actually, it didn't take long. I started getting a load of like really bad lower back pain. And for actually quite a long time, I was so confused as I'm sure you can imagine. Like I was like, I've been doing all this really intense training and now I'd stopped doing it. So my life is comparatively like a lot easier, right? I'm not doing anything. Why am I now getting an injury? I was like, what's going on? What does that make sense? <laughs> yeah and like mentally as well like obviously I've been through all this pressure through competing in elite sport and now like I was actually feeling the effects of mental health as well because just mm-hmm. by feeling like drained all the time never in a good place and this pain it was just really not good this is a bit embarrassing actually but I it actually took me I saw like multiple physios and all of them told me that it was because I was lacking like strength and mobility and the embarrassing is that I never believed any of them I was like guys look at me I'm like an elite like I'm doing CrossFit now I was like doing synchronized swimming for my country like I don't think it's my strength and mobility that's a problem here guys and it took me probably about four or five different like physios and like professionals before I was like maybe I'll just try what they're saying and I did and I tried because I was as I mentioned I was doing CrossFit at the time so I was doing loads of strength workouts so I was really strong and fit but I started just trying different things so like little smaller exercises like your deep core stability stuff like twisting. I actually tried stuff like Zumba and like Pilates. It's like all different stuff. Yeah, it was like fun as well. But you know what? It did actually help so much with my back pain. Another thing was just moving throughout the day. So even though I was doing this really hard exercise in the evening and in the morning, I was like swimming, crossfitting. I did still spend nine hours just sat on my backside doing work. So just getting up throughout the day, that helped me so much. And the reason I've got into the industry is because I realized it took me so long to realize what the solution was. And I had pretty intense back pain for like close to 10 years. So I'm on a bit of a mission here to help other people realize, hopefully a lot sooner, 
realize what the problem is so simple. It's simply just movement. You need to move more throughout the day and in the correct ways because it can make such a, such a big difference to just your life, like your well-being, your happiness. Like things are just being like free of like aches and pains, having more energy. It makes such a difference to everything. I often wonder as I'm sitting in the office seeing patients on my clinical days, at times I'm sitting for an hour or so talking with a patient. I'm incredibly lucky that I get to have that amount of time. But I sometimes wonder what it would be like if we could have visits where we go for a little walk instead of like actually mm -hmm. just sitting in the exam room where we could be out in nature and moving around rather than yeah, uncomfortable chairs. <laughs> yeah, I know. That'd be so much better. And that's the key. Yeah. Why yeah. do you sit down in an office and have a meeting? Just get up and have a walking meeting. That'd be so much better for us. Yeah. I've attempted to try to do that with some of our like Zoom type meetings now that we're in like evolving. Where's the middle ground from everything being virtual to in real life to virtual. And now this in between. What I've realized is our neighborhood has a little area where I don't get enough service to stay on the Zoom oh, call. It's interesting with Sometimes the solutions have a few more little hiccups or like bumps along the way, but totally worth of it. Of course. Carrying so, your laptop around. <laughs> so you were mentioning moving in the right ways in addition to just moving throughout the day. How, like, how could this show up? What could this look like for us in these jobs where we are sitting behind a desk using our brain power, but not really moving our body? Yeah, so that becomes interesting. The most variety of different things that you possibly can so a lot of people are like I'm going to start my health journey whatever it's for whether it's for like they want to get stronger or they want to lose weight or whatever it is they'll be like I'm going to pick one thing and I'm going to go hard at it they might be like I'm going to run 5k every day and I'm going to just run you're basically moving in one kind of movement and your body's used to doing the same things and what that's going to create is your body's going to have very specific strengths and then also weaknesses so for me I was lifting weights and that kind of thing but lacks any of the sort of twisting movements, for example. So that's why it's so important to just do such a mix of different exercises as much as you can. And that's also so good for like boredom as well, right? I don't know if you've ever tried an exercise program where you just get so bored, you're doing the same thing every day and you just want to quit, don't you? Yeah. I've noticed kind of some seasonal variation in my workouts. Like I live in an area that has four seasons and I am not particularly fond of going out when it's real cold and damp. And so I have a Peloton like stationary bike and I enjoy that. But I do realize that if I just do that all the time, if I don't mix it up with some of the other strength or yoga or other things, I get too tight in my hamstrings. I get some of these other like wow. imbalances that just I may feel stronger and my pants may be fitting a little better. But overall, I have noticed some need for that variability as well. And shaking it up. Yeah, it is, it's just so important. When you think about exercising, think of your whole body as like a unit, right? And if you neglect some parts of it, the whole thing's not going to work in the end. And that's when you're so much more likely to get an injury. If you're just doing the same thing all the time, you really need to get that balance. And yeah, different types of mobility. So I'll clarify here. When I say mobility, a lot of people think I just mean stretching. Mobility to me, is it encompasses, it like combines like movement training where you're moving your body with that strength training as well. So you're building that strength through the different positions that your body's getting into. So that's more just functional for life. The more you do that, the more you can move your body in the ways that it's designed to, right? Like the way your joints uh, should be moving. 
the more likely you are to just feel energetic and just free just every day in your life. That all sounds great. <laughs> that was fun, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm talking just a little bit before we hit record about some of my misadventures in fitness over the years and some of the ways that the fitness industry dovetailed with diet culture in a lot of ways now of these P90X and Billy Blanks, like boxing things where you would engage in it for a couple of days and then you would find yourself so sore that you couldn't move and feeling that I had to do something to the extreme and to really hurt to get benefit from it. But maybe this isn't as beneficial as we were told from what you're saying. Yeah, it can be. If your goal is specifically to get fitter or you lose weight and be like that, it will help you achieve that. But if you're looking at doing it in the long term, you're then more likely to hurt yourself. Even if you're just doing that, then you also do your movement training in between. So if you're doing a your really hard, intense exercise, like you're saying you're doing, you work really hard, but then you said that you had a few days where you felt so sore that you didn't want to do it again, right? <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> if you just get your body moving in between, that's going to help you recover as well. So you'll then have the more energy to go back and do it again. Amazing. And you've talked a lot about how exercise really can help our brain too. Can you tell us a little more about that? It can do, yes. If that's something that's really good for people that do sit down at a desk all day, if you've got a job that's really hard, you really have to think all day. And it's those people that think they really haven't got time to get up, right? They're like, no, I'm on such important mission. I need to just glue myself to the screen. I need to keep going. They're the ones that most need it. So I don't know, maybe this is an individual thing to an extent, but I always find I have the best ideas when I stop and get up and walk. I'm lucky enough, I've got a forest right behind where I live. And oh. if I'm like at my screen, I'm having a bit of a mental block. I'm working really hard, but I'm not getting anywhere. I just get out and just do a loop around the forest. And 99% of the time, I promise it, I'm like, oh, I've got an idea. And uh, like for me, another one is swimming. Like when your mind is a bit blank, when you're just looking at the bottom of the pool. On a scientific level as well, obviously when you exercise, it gets blood more pumping around your body and that gets the right things to your brain that can actually improve the function of it. And it's been proven to improve your memory, like your focus, your attention, all those kind of things. So yeah, so good to get that into your work day. Yeah. I have two close colleagues and friends of mine that they spoke on even like we think about the benefits of exercise and brain health, and they specifically looked. There's a whole bunch of literature, for instance, on the anti-inflammatory effects of exercise with asthma. And that was what was coming to mind as you were talking about that too. But really, it has such incredible benefits over and beyond just the physical and of less pain, feeling stronger, more stable, not falling, not running into things. Yeah. <laughs> as well. What are your favorite types of exercises for feeling good? Oh, that's a good one. I'd first of all, just start if you're currently like not doing anything, start really easy, start small, pick something that you know 100% will be manageable. If you're like, you know what, I'm going all into this, I am going to hit the gym every day for an hour, you'll probably do that for about two days, and then you're going to give up or you're going to be so sore that you can't do anymore. That should be start really small, start manageable, even if it's just moving, doing like a few exercises a few times a week, just do that. And it's just moving your body. So my favorite kinds of like mobility exercises are ones that just use your whole body. So 
things like, I don't know, if you just see like a bicep curl, for example, it's good. It's working your muscle. It's getting that bicep stronger. But the one really where your whole body's, if you do like a lunge and a twist, for example, that's moving your hips, your knees, your shoulders, your back, and it's getting everything moving together as that one unit, which I think is so important. Another ones I really like actually are ones you can literally do at your desk. So those are really cool. If you're working at your desk and you don't think you've got time to get up and move around, go for a walk or whatever, there's literally exercises that you can do at your desk. I'll try and talk you through it if you want. Yes, I'm um, sitting so at my like, desk right now. <laughs> if you're sat there, you can literally just, really, very simple one, just shrug your shoulders up to your ears and then roll them back just to get that little stretch through your shoulders. Oh it should gosh, just feel good. So good. Even something that simple can just make you feel, can give you that like brain refresh, little bit of release, bit more energy. One of the things in the office that, tends to bring me a little more stress is sometimes tackling my portal messages because when I open it up, I tend to have more. I like to talk to my patients a fair bit and get updates, but then I see all the work and I'm like, ah, I think I'm going to do that before I tackle the first message. I think that will feel so good. That's a good one. Yeah. Here's a good one. Grab onto the back of your chair, twist around, and that way you just can't see the messages. They're gone. Just ignore them. <laughs> yeah, then. And you also get a stretch in your back as a bonus. But there oh. you go. Yeah. You might get some cracks there if you're a bit tight as well, but don't worry too much about those. A lot of people think that's really bad. As long as you're not trying to force it, then that's fine. That, and uh, here's another one I like. Really um, yeah. Um. You want to stretch out your lower body. So what you can do is so you just bring one leg over so it's crossing over the other one. So bring your ankle up on top of your leg. Uh, that way you get a bit of a stretch through your glutes, so your bum that you've been sat mm-hmm. on all day. And yeah. if you really want to advance that one, you can roll your ankle around with your hand as well. You Ooh. get a nice little bit of ankle movement, a bit of a stretch to your butt. It's really nice. You need to do it at your desk as well. Yes. What about, are there any like little other tools or things we can think about to outfit our offices that may potentially be helpful? I'm just thinking when I was pregnant, I got one of those exercise balls. Stability ball to sit on yeah. as I was trying to deal with some of the aches and pains with being like yeah. third trimester. But are there other no, things that we could think about as that might be helpful? Yeah, that's such a good point. So like, obviously, yeah, getting us moving, that's going to happen every, hopefully every hour, half an hour, whatever you can do. But you're still going to be spent the majority of time set at your desk. So you want it to be cultural. So first of all, this is one of those things that I think is Really important, if you've got the choice, to invest in a chair that is good and supportive for your back. Oh, I really actually like your idea of a ball. I've done that before. And that's really good because it just keeps you moving, keeps your hips active. I love that. Um, You can get those like up and down standing desks. So alternate every half an hour, stand for half an hour and then sit. And then also your actual setup of your screen. You'll probably see I'm doing a really bad example now because I'm above my camera. But you want to ideally have your screen bang on in line with your eyes so that you're not straining your neck to look like sideways or down or up. You want to have your arms resting, preferably about 90 degrees where they're really comfortable. Again, you can get like a wrist support if you find that's helpful or the arms on your chair. Um, just make sure everything is like in reach as well. So you're not having to all the time like strain and just make sure it's comfortable. Preferably throughout the day, keeping your feet like quite flat on the floor. I know I'm one of these that's so guilty of like, crossing my legs. We fine. If you're moving, called out. Yeah, was it you as well? If you're moving throughout it, it's fine. But if you're yeah. going to have one leg crossed over all day, that's going to create a problem. So yeah, just as neutral as you can in your work setup. 
um, and then trying to do those movements, desk exercises or walking as often uh, as reasonably possible. I'm still laughing because I've had multiple people scold me, worse correct. Like I have a friend who's a physical therapist that we worked in a similar office space for a while. She's uh, and massage therapists, like other folks, they're like, just that. Yeah. yeah, you are looking a bit guilty there. But you mentioned you've got some kind of a foot thing on your desk, right? An exercise thing. A dietitian friend had mentioned that they have these little like elliptical type contraptions you can get order through Amazon or wherever for under your desk. And I have found that that is one way that has kept me from always sitting crisscross applesauce at my desk. <laughs> it also helps keep my attention too. Sometimes Zoom meetings, it's a little easy to like want to be checking other things or trying to multitask, which our brain doesn't do a great job of. But this kind of helps keep me like in the zone a little yeah. you're getting that all your rally points just from doing that that's awesome i've never heard of they before but would definitely recommend after you told me about that yeah and there's all there's all different then they're not terribly expensive it's definitely under a hundred dollars yeah. a great recommendation yeah. definitely get it for your yeah. office yeah <laughs> I, I, I have contemplated getting one for i have it at the home office but i have yet to invest in one for my office office but I do have the standing. I was able to get the university to pay for like a standing desk. And I do need to actually make use of that a little bit more. It's always some sitting setting. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to this idea as humans. And you touched upon it on this idea of starting simple and starting easy and sustainable is at, at our core as human beings, our brains want to take the easy route or the route that is like most comfortable because energy wise, like even the little ATP that are being used, like you use less of it than that. Theoretically, you might have a survival advantage if you are able to conserve energy, but changing a behavior or it is a change, it's hard. And so if you can keep that activation energy low to start off with and then build on that, that helps incredibly well. And that will actually help you as well. I don't know if you've ever noticed it. The less you exercise, it's weird because, as you say, like ATP-wise, scientific-wise, this doesn't make sense. But the less you exercise, the less energy you have. And I know this. I've got some examples of the office I used to work at. Those people there would always be like, I'm going to be on it. I'm going to go to the gym this week. And I actually noticed a little sort of experiment thing in my head that when we had days where we were just sat down all day and there was a lot of work, we didn't have time to get up and do proper movement breaks they were much more likely to, at the end of the day, be like, no, I'm too tired. I'm not going to the gym. Whereas if we had actually had quite an active day and had to pack a lot of boxes, be on our feet, that kind of thing, you think logically they'll be more tired, right? Because we've used more energy, but it was the opposite. How will you move? The more you're in a good mood for a start, so that really helps. If you're in a good mood, energized, you actually feel like getting up and doing more of it. And physically as well. So the way like your joints work, the more you move them, the more synovial fluid they like release into them basically they secrete it so the more you move the easier it gets to move it really is that simple yeah I think that's one of the things that comes up I so often will hear patients or clients talk about fatigue especially folks that are dealing with conditions that have too much inflammation so allergies or autoimmune disease Mm -hmm. asthma all those sorts of things and we certainly are always thinking about okay are your vitamin levels are okay? Your iron, all of these sorts of things. Is your thyroid okay? Vitamin D. 
and how is your sleep? But also movement is one of the key things I'm asking about. Are you getting some sort of movement in? Because it really does have this boost. Yeah. It's so important, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's generally this time of year is my happy time to just get out and do those laps around the park. There's a little bit of forest, not quite a full on forest, but it is so lovely too, to be able to combine that with getting out into nature and in our environment. I say, think back, not when we... But our ancestors, they were outside probably 90% of the time, whereas nowadays we're inside 90% of the time. They had good jobs. Our bodies were made to move. Yeah, that is actually what it's designed to do. And we go against that by just sitting still all day and the bodies aren't designed for that. And that's why as a general population, like I'd say 90% of the office I worked in are always complaining of, oh, I'm sore and achy and tired. And that's not how it's meant to be. I think we've got into this, almost this acceptance that as you get older, as you get past, and not even old, like past like 25, 30, you just can't accept like, my body's just going to hurt or I'm getting old. And I'm one as well. When I was going through that phase, when I wasn't believing the physios that I'd blame it on age. Like at the time, wow. I was probably like 26, 27. So I wasn't old. Nearly. I'm getting old. I'm so painful. And it's just a thing that we're almost looking for an excuse, right? We don't want to, our brains don't want to accept that the reason we hurt is because of something we're doing, because that makes us feel like silly, right? So our yeah. brain wants to blame it on something that we can't change. So we blame it on our age. We say it's because I'm old and that's just where my body is. But that's not the case. We can change it. <laughs> I was quickly pulling up. I was trying to remember the name. There's a book I read during the pandemic after hearing like an interview on the radio called Exercise. And it was it's written by an anthropologist, but they went all the way back to like our cave people ancestors existence and talked about how we moved as humans and how it is so vastly different from our modern Best jobs. So I would, if anyone is a history kind of nerd and interested, like anthropology stuff, it wasn't maybe the most exciting read, but it was really fascinating <laughs> to think about how different our modern lifestyles are as compared to what we really were built for over centuries and millennia. Yeah, I'd love to see someone that's done like I don't know. Can you do that when they're like that old and can you study their joints and see if they're like better than ours? I'd be really curious. I, they did talk, if I remember correctly, they did okay. talk about some of that, what they, the archaeologists have found. But then he also, the author is a researcher at one of the big East Coast universities. I can't remember if it's Harvard or Yale or one of those, but they actually took treadmills out to these more remote areas of Africa where there are modern hunter-gatherer societies and did some studies in those populations as well. And right. it was funny to think about dragging a treadmill out to uh, Why? I felt like they can just run on the floor. <laughs> I think they were looking some at some of the biomechanical differences and things too. And I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And in so many, probably some of the discussion of the whole running barefoot type movements that have come across over every few years. I remember one of my girlfriends from college, we ran cross country when they essentially in my small school, they restarted the cross country team my junior year. And I joked that they needed warm bodies to field the team. And so I was like, sure, I used to run. I'm not terribly good, but this will be fun. 
But I remember one of my girlfriends, she had some shoes that actually separated out her toes, which were always an interesting like uh, (laughs) aesthetic, but and I am not at all knowledgeable on whether or not helpful or not. And they do look a bit silly, don't they? I think those kind of things, there's always like arguments both sides, isn't there? Because obviously we do have that modern technology that they didn't have back in the stemming ages where we can design a trainer that's going to reduce the impact on your feet and all that. And they're good for different things. If you're doing like yoga, that kind of thing in in our modern day, if you're running on the road, you're probably going to get glass in your foot. So if you've got to weigh up the poles and cons Exactly. Exactly. You gotta yeah. find it. You gotta find a happy medium, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we try to explore here too. Is realizing that we are modern humans. We like our creature comforts. Where do we each individually make some of those decisions? Of okay, for me, like I'm gonna continue using my dishwasher for the time being because I have three kids and I'm not going to spend all day at the sink washing dishes. Yeah, exactly. Even though we know that some of the soaps are not the best for our gut health. Where can we make some of those like trade-offs? And it seems like a pretty simple trade-off to get ourselves moving a little bit more, to have less pain, to have more energy and better mood. Yeah, you've got a really good point there because in an ideal world, I'd say no one would work at a desk. Let's spin off com- computers let's all just walk around all day and and move our bodies but yeah it's exactly that compromise realistically that's not going to happen we know most of us do need to work computers that's modern technology isn't it how the world works yeah exactly that just doing it exactly what you can whether it's training every day or whether it's just moving doing more desk movements changing your nutrition whatever it is it's just going to improve that healthiness of your lifestyle It's, it's finding a balance yeah and i think understanding that At the end of the day, we're responsible for our own decisions and we can't necessarily make decisions for other people, but we can be responsible for our own actions. And so let's do what we can to help our health in the ways we're able to. Exactly. Yeah. Take the accountability for it and just that my health is I'm accountable for it, basically. And if I choose to do nothing about it, it's going to be quite bad. If I choose to put some time and energy into my health, then I'm going to feel better for it. And it's just deciding that in your own head if it's worth it for you, which hopefully it is because I think it, I don't think it's yeah. nice being achy and in pain and feeling tired all the time. I don't think anyone wants that. We want to move on. We want to feel better. Yeah, it's big. Making that commitment to in like the future you as opposed to mm-hmm. what that immediate gratification you want, which is sometimes yeah. you sit and watch the Netflix, but maybe you can stand and do a couple lunges or some of those twists or some of the other little shoulder rolls that you mentioned. Exactly. Still watching the night. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what we mean by compromise, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Thank you so much, Sammy. This has been delightful. And I think I have some things to work on and incorporate. I'm <laughs> selfishly excited. If folks want to continue to learn from you, I'm sure they are gonna want to follow and pick up some more of these great tips and how to move more, feel better, where can they find you and connect with you? Yeah, so I've actually quite recently started a new community on Facebook in the form of a Facebook group. Um, it's called Active Thriving Professionals. And it's, yeah, for people that spend a lot of time sat down, I go live on there, I share like hints and tips for just how to move better throughout the day. So yes, definitely join that. It's called Active Thriving Professionals on Facebook. And yeah, be part of the community. Awesome. We will link to that. And I'm going to go 
it to join. I'm pulling it up. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm I'll come back to that after, but thank you so much. I'm really excited to continue. I think one of the struggles I've had is this on the wagon, off the wagon. And mm-hmm. so finding ways just to have that sustainable commitment to movement is really helpful. And so thank you so much. I'm sure that it's going to help a lot of our listeners as well. Oh, I really hope so. That's my goal to help people have a maintainable movement pattern. So yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk soon. Thank you, you too. Bye. Hey everyone. I am going to ask you once again to go into Apple Podcasts and submit a review of the podcast for me. But first I'm going to share a review from Dr. Lex Rx. Dr. Wada's unique perspective is amazing considering she's both an autoimmune patient and physician. Her experience, expertise, and insight make this podcast so valuable. Keep them coming. One other from Amanda Catherine. Wow, so informative. Thank you for bringing more attention to autoimmune diseases. Each podcast is so informative and well thought out. Very impressed with all that you do. Thank you so much, Dr. Lex Rx and Amanda Catherine. I really appreciate the feedback and the review. If you aren't subscribed yet, head over to drkarawada.com and in the upper right corner, you can hit the subscribe button. Thank you so much because Apple podcast reviews are one of the ways to increase how many people are able to access and see all of this education and information we're putting out into the world.